New York University famously boasts acceptance of diversity, be it through the university's celebration of the Stonewall 50th or this year's welcoming of the newest and most diverse class of freshmen yet. But there is some difference between acceptance and inclusion, and according to some, NYU falls short in some areas. Reporter Bella Kochkarova and student Victor Markov talk housing insecurity. For the rundown, WNYU 89.1 FM, this is Bella Kochkarova. I first met Gallatin Jr. Victor Markov in early March while kneeling on the newspaper-strewn carpet of Kimmel's publication lab. In front of him was a ring of students crafting protest signs out of pieces of cardboard and ruby red paint. Placed on forced medical leave, Victor was facing eviction from Broome Residential College. And as a transgender youth estranged from his family, Victor was also facing homelessness. In May of 2017, I came out as a transgender man and it did not go well. I ended up having to leave home because it wasn't safe to transition there. And I continued my studies at NYU. And so soon as I got to school, I cut contact and I started the process of doing a dependency override, which means that, you know, most students are considered dependent on their parents until they're 24 years old. You can petition your school to tell the federal government that you are not a dependent student, but an independent student. So I worked on that and I worked on getting a scholarship. The first major bump on the road that I found myself encountering at NYU was I just gone through some intense trauma and I was very obviously in need of mental support. At that time, counseling was running at about like once every three weeks, once a month, which is nowhere near what a severely traumatized person needs. Without the necessary resources to cope with his mental health crisis, Victor was no longer meeting the satisfactory academic performance required to receive his scholarship money. I got to the point where the savings that I had had ran out. So I just lived in this limbo of like not being able to eat. I couldn't find energy to attend classes. I couldn't focus at all. It was very difficult to deal with. For the summer of 2018, I decided to be a summer assistant in the dorms. My my schedule conflicted completely with my obligations in terms of catching up with my doctor's appointments, in terms of going to counseling and, you know, taking care of the things that I needed to take care of. Just hitting a status quo of having housing took over from the things that I really needed to take care of. So that was sort of another hit for me in the summer of 2018. By the 2018 fall semester, Victor was on academic probation. Rather than being encouraged to seek academic and mental health resources, Victor was directed to speak with an administrator who he later found out was in charge of medical leaves. By the beginning of the 2019 spring semester, Victor finally felt he had to go on medical leave, but this proved to have its own challenges. A gender-confirming surgery was scheduled in January, and I absolutely had to have stable housing during that time period. But if I took a medical leave, I would immediately have to vacate housing. And it was looking like any shelter housing was also not a viable option at that time. And so I had to make the decision to fail my classes just so I could stay in housing. Victor's situation isn't unique. 
Many are familiar with the famous case of Bopes Boy, a former NYU student who lived in Bopes Library between 2003 and 2004 because he could not afford housing. Today, a recent Being at NYU survey indicates there are at least 57 housing insecure students couch surfing or sleeping in cars that we know of. All of the things that happened to me would have been preventable had I been a student with financial means. In late April, I decided to check in with Victor. He's no longer on formal eviction notice, but is still facing challenges from NYU administration. His situation is a sobering depiction of the lack of infrastructural support NYU currently has for students with little financial means. NYU doesn't seem to have any process to deal with situations like this with housing insecure students. You know, their their rule of thumb is that a student is wealthy, and that's really how they approach issues. You know, it's not that we can point fingers at a couple of people and be like, these are the people who are responsible. I think that it's a systematic issue and that we really have to approach and confront the culture at NYU. Victor believes strongly in collecting more comprehensive data of NYU's retention rates, especially of POC and LGBTQ students, as well as establishing a no homeless student guarantee and appointing a director of housing insecurity. We need someone who can help with applications for supportive housing and help students navigate getting dependency overrides, getting scholarships. And I would want that person to be very well versed in LGBTQ issues or even to be queer themselves because I have a feeling that the students who are suddenly finding a spot of instability and suddenly losing support are likely LGBTQ students coming out. We've been bringing you some profiles of DJs here at the station, and here are two more. First, I sat down with Keenan Cush, a WNYU alum and DJ, to talk about what he does and just college radio, which you're listening to. Here's our conversation. My name is Keenan Cush. I've been, oh, a music DJ at WNYU for five years or so. That's a long time. Yeah. So you went to NYU. Oh, yes, yes. I went to NYU. I actually, I graduated two years ago, but I, I still, I, you, the station never leaves you at this point, so. And you never leave the station. <laughs> oh, yes. What did you study at NYU? What's your degree in? I studied math, funny enough, but now I work in music media, so the station really didn't leave me at that point. <laughs> so can you tell me what you do at the station? What are your shows? Let's see. Recently, I've been filling in a lot. I've been guest hosting our flagship new music show, which is called The New Afternoon Show, uh, four to seven weekdays. And I also I help out a little bit uh, on the production of the 60s psychedelic show on Monday nights called Plastic Tales from the Marshmallow Dimension. What's so appealing about being a DJ? You know, this was it's could have, it's I guess my creative outlet. The fact that I could take um you know, a list of songs and somehow create something interesting and insightful or or some sort of product from that is a calling for me, it feels like. Can you talk a little bit more about um, your how your music taste has changed? I was a music fan and then coming to the radio station, it, it kind of gives me the excuse to keep, you know, looking and searching for new music. It's like, okay, if I have a weekly show, I need to be constantly searching, constantly uh, digging for new music, uh, and at the same time, you also meet people who 
have the same kind of drive, but they may they may be in their own space, their own genres, and you just start having a respect for what they like. So, you know, for instance, like on the New Afternoon Show, uh, it's it's kind of a bit wider of a genre selection than most other shows. And, you know, people ask me sometimes, like, do you like every single song you play? Like, are you the biggest fan of all 40 bands that you've just played? And it's weird because when you play three hours of music each week, sometimes, yes, for the majority of the time, I, I am a huge fan. But then you also have to play songs that you're like, I, I, I have other people that I respect who like this. And why I and while I may not be 100% like, I don't hate it, but I also have to give credit where credit's due in a weird way. And so just kind of being within this this musical community at a, you know, a radio station like WNYU kind of opens your mind to like these other genres and other possibilities and you start to kind of learn more about yourself and open up. What do you feel like the station, like the station's role is in at NYU or in the tri-state area or whatever? Like what does it sort of represent? What does it do for people who tune in? Well, I've talked to many alumni and over the years there's been these really interesting stories i mean one that just came to mind was like joey ramone used to listen and call in apparently you know he used to be an avid fan of our station uh when he lived in new york and so it's it's weird because you know our mission statement is about you know serving this eclectic underground kind of music scene stuff that's not played anywhere else and so you know, much in the same way college radio really does that nationwide, we kind of feel this underserved population of sorts. And so it's, you know, in 2019, so many media corporations are kind of merging together and standardizing. And so you kind of get the same, the same couple of stations in each city and nothing's really different. I think our station is one, it feels like there's a real human being and sometimes they make mistakes and sometimes things are fun and unexpected on air with our station. And I don't think you'll hear the sounds on WNYU on any other station. And for the second DJ profile of the evening, we have reporter Nikki Cruz speaking with Alexis Egazarian from WNYU's show Shattered Vinyl Ceiling. They talk about sexism in the music industry and how Alexis works to provide recognition for female artists. So I'm here with Nikki Cruz. And Nikki, I just, the first question out of the gate that I have for you is, being a woman in the music industry, which is crazy, like I can't believe you even, you know, got this far. Mm -hmm. um, How has that, you know, been for you? You know, I'm I'm just a woman and it's really hard to do anything. um, Well, do you even, do you even play the guitar or is it you, you're just on stage and you're kind of miming it? Yeah, yeah, because there's a man backstage. Right, right. And I mean, you need him to help you get the equipment on stage. Oh, too. of course. If he's right? not there, I can't go. Nikki, I mean, the only other thing I could say is you just your your sound just reminds me of insert every girl band ever. Like, oh it my seems, god, thank you. Yeah, I'm I'm like all the other girl bands. Of, I mean, you can't have any other sound because you're a woman in music. You have no, to sound like yeah. all the other women. I mean, you know, I'm just a woman. Like, <laughs> Nikki. <laughs> I'm trying so hard. I'm just a woman. I can't do much. (laughs) So that was uh, me and Alexis Agazarian from Shattered Vinyl Ceiling. 
giving you an idea of what it's like to be a woman and the music industry. So we want to give you guys a little taste before we have like an actual interview where we talk about women and music in not a degrading way. Yeah, which is why it's really great that your show exists. Thank you. So let's discuss it a little bit more. Sounds good to me. Can you explain the show? So my show is Shattered Vinyl Ceiling, and I aim to play and promote women bands and musicians in music. Women in the music industry tend to not get as much airtime and like promotion, and like they tend to get stuck in a box a lot of the time, too, of oh, you're a woman musician and for whatever, whereas, you know, you would never with a male musician say like, oh, it's a male musician. But for some reason, saying you're a woman musician already like leaves people with an impression in mind. And I feel like with my show, the aim is to be like, okay, it doesn't matter. Like that's not that big of a deal. Like it's not like being a woman makes your music so much different from like men. And it's great to be able to play such a diverse just group of women. I play people who are like younger, older, like of all ethnicities, of all races, of like punk, indie, rock. And it just shows that women are doing really incredible things in music. Do you want to talk a little bit about how you curate different songs in a playlist for your show? Yeah. So I've been doing my show now for three years. <laughs> Which is a long time. Um, I don't know. I find that people always ask me like if it's really hard to have new music to play every week. And I don't think people recognize that there's like so many women musicians. <laughs> like it's not hard. And so when I curate playlists, it depends on the mood I'm in. If I have a lot going on, I tend to just play new releases <laughs> because those are easier. But recently I've been doing some like fun curated ones where I did one that was like all 70s and 60s, like all girl bands. And that was really fun or like I remember for finals last semester I just had all songs that were reminiscent of how I was feeling in the moment so all the songs were like crying and sad <laughs> and <laughs> screaming and like it was all songs that I was just like this is how I'm feeling right now so what do you want to accomplish in the future for your show oh gosh I'm not sure I mean the main thing that I really really enjoy is interacting and bringing bands on the show so that probably for me is something that I want to continue to try and do more and it's crazy how much it opens your world up I had a few bands on my show just because of word of mouth where they talked to other bands who had been on my show and they're like hey she's really cool like you should do it and I was like oh my god this is awesome that now it's just this community of people that I've been introduced to so I guess like with accomplishing something I feel like my main thing I wanted to accomplish was just like meeting new people and getting exposed to all these different scenes and stuff like that so I don't know it's been fun I just wanted to have a fun time I was like this radio show is just a fun non-work it never feels like work so 